like this, don't come on a box score. Keenan with the kale, just give me the rock more. Weather off the glass, nothing but the net. I'ma get you set, pick and roll, we can go with the whole four. Dick Vitel, look at diaper dandy. NCAA with the great Andy. I'm your host, Sam Scott, back ready for the NBA season, right around the corner. Today's special guest, my guy, future beat writer, a homie from the group chat, my guy, Nate. What's good, Nate? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm straight. How you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Everything's good. So you're back in school, right? Yeah, that's right. School's a little stressful right now. School and work, <laughs> girlfriend, all that. But, you know, I'm taking care of business. You hold it down. That's what's up. You had to work today? Nah, but I've just been working on the weekends mostly, but I commute back and forth. You know, I'm driving like an hour back to get uh, working and stuff. So it's tough, but, you know, it's the life of a college student, I guess. <laughs> I'll finish your last year, right? Yeah, senior year. Going back for your masters or anything? Uh, that's not in the in the plans right now, but I'm gonna see where I end up after internships or whatever by the end of this year, and then we'll go from there. Uh, so you're looking at internships for like writing opportunities, or? Yeah, man, I I've been talking to the athletic director at my school, um, trying to figure out if there's something I could do with the school's basketball team here. So hopefully that that works out that'd be awesome but we'll see where that goes nice nice wishing you the best of luck my guy thank you my man uh, let's get to the hoops before we start you a C's fan just like me of course of course so what was your so what was the first year the team caught your attention you started being the fan first year that's a great question honestly i i, I might be dating myself here but I, <laughs> as a youngin at least but I feel like Rondo was really the first player to catch my eye as far as like bringing me into like loving the team. You know, obviously growing up in Massachusetts, um, I, I watched the team, but basketball back then wasn't even really my number one sport. You know, I was playing as a kid, playing like football, baseball, all that. But Rondo and, and that 08 Celtics team, that that era really brought me in and then Isaiah coming after that really solidified that love for me. Definitely. That's what everybody say though, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Every, I mean, everybody that's in our age where they're gonna say Rondo. Yeah. I mean he he's he's the one man. No one no one was more fun, exciting to watch. Uh, I think we got to see him when he was actually um his career just starting to yeah that, about I mean, town we got in the ball that was a, that um, was his Paul peak, and I was too. up there. Yeah, those good days. He's cold, man. <laughs> he still turned on every now and then when he feel like it. You you know about the myth of playoff Rondo? I mean, playoff Rondo. <laughs> he's he's special when the when the lights get bright. When the light. <laughs> Proud time Rondo. Yeah, exactly. You, know you excited for this season? Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most excited I've been in the last handful of years, you know, everything just feels like it's lining up to go in a, in a great direction. Obviously I don't want to jinx anything, but it just seems like the team we have has a chance to be so much better than what we've seen the past few years, as far as, you know, ball movement, defense, just togetherness overall. I, I'm just really high on, on what we can do here. Definitely. I feel you finally got nice supporting um talent for like for 
Jalen, Jason, Marcus, all their skill stuff. Exactly. Hope yeah. for bad. Hopefully, Rob can um, stay healthy for the majority of the season. That's one of the biggest question marks there, but that's right. very important. Rob being healthy, yeah. Romeo finally looking ready, though. I like that. Yeah, that's that's not super surprising to me because I, I really liked what he did in summer league. I know some people were still like, I wanted to see more, but I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he, he was trying not to really overstep, you know. Um, I mean, he, he just does what you need a guy in that role to do. And as long as he's hitting those threes, he's going to, he's going to get his minutes, you know, he's, he's, he's a great defender. I mean, day one, he came in, he was locking dudes down, even on like low minutes, he was doing his thing. So it's just weird to think, you know, he was the offensive like star prospect and (laughs) just totally switched up what, what he's, what he's able to do, but I love it. I love it. Grant, Grant, Grant too, man. You know, that's that might be the biggest surprise is Grant's resurgence so far in preseason. Yeah, I'll give it to Grant. Grant looking slim, moving a lot better than he did last year. Right. Hopefully he can knock down some jumpers at a more consistent rate. Or at least yeah. just if, finish if plays hitting, anywhere, really. If he's hitting corner threes, that's that's about all, all we need from him. You know, he, he he's bringing a little bit else. I really like the IQ from what I've seen defensively. Um, yeah. He losing the weights clearly helped him become more switchable, so that's a big plus. But I, I did I really liked the quote I saw the other day that apparently right as uh, Udoka signed, he actually hit him up and asked him like what what he was looking for from Grant. So I think that was pretty cool to see. So we'll see what direction that goes. But I'm excited for Romeo and Grant are two of the guys that. I kind of thought of when when we when you brought up uh, you wanted to talk about Celtics roster. Those are the guys that immediately stood out to me. Yeah, I'm looking for a big, not a big jump, but a a moderate jump from Neesmith. I think he yeah, can be pretty I, useful this year, as long as the jumpers fall, and as long as he just puts himself in the right spot to stay on the floor. I guess I should say. To sometimes yeah, last he, year he looked a bit lost, like in his early. Like the early games he played, but then later in the season, once the minutes were kind of there, he looked more comfortable. And he looked great during some of the league, too. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know about the jump shot. That really came around by the end of the year. It's just the stuff you like to see is he does all the little, you know, hustle. And and he, he just is in the right spot. He Defensively, he's he's got the IQ and he's in the right position a lot of the time. But... I really think it's just building off what he did in summer league because he he might might have been the most impressive guy to me yeah. um, as as far as what it looked like he could do. So if he's able to, you know, hit those one dribble pull up type shots, I mean, I don't want him taking those every time. I'd like to see him hitting threes and get into the rim, but it just shows he can expand his offensive game a little bit. That'd be pretty huge for us. My favorite thing about all the wings on the team is that it's like so many different skill sets, I guess, intertwined. Like you got Jalen, Jason, mm-hmm. Jay Rich, Romeo, Neesmith. And they're all yeah. like like fundamentally different players, which gives us a lot of versatility depending on the matchups. Like you yeah. need more shooting some nights you have it. You need to go like more defensive lineup some nights so have it. You got Richardson who can be like a fringe playmaker here and there. 
mm-hmm. and find guys when necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter. They're kind of souring on Jay Rich already. I don't think that that's really fair. <laughs> I mean, I understand it because those, you know, those mid-range shots, he's just been consistently bricking them. And that's that's not great. You want to see him get into the rim and hitting his threes. But I, I think it's, you know, a learning process for him as he gets adjusted to this new team. I think the role he, he was in with the Mavericks last year wasn't great. So I do think it's a big adjustment for him coming into the system. But I, I expect him to actually figure it out. I'm more confident in that than others seem to be. Because really point of attack defense from him is it's probably better than a handful of the guys on our team, especially at the guard spot. So I think when it comes to that, he's going to be very valuable for those tough, you know, guard matchups with some of the stars. Not that he's going to lock them down or anything per se, but you can eat up a lot of minutes with him uh, chasing those guys around the perimeter and not have Jalen and Tatum have to do that as much anymore, you know? Yeah. And then we got Dennis there as our, probably the best backup guard we've had and shoot since a long time, really. <laughs> you know, the, you know since, nice since Terry, though, probably yeah. since Rogier. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to tell Marcus when he was a um, backup all those years. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, he he just is clearly a starting point guard, you know? Yeah. So having a guy like that off the bench, it's kind of different than what we've had in the past. But I guess Marcus was a similar way. You know, you always felt like he could be the starter, but he kind of took the sacrifice. And I'm happy to see that Dennis is on board with that. Definitely. If, uh, Dennis was a really I – th- I think he had a better season last year with Los Angeles that he got credit for. Mm-hmm. Because once AD and Brian went out, then the team's whole – like style of playing offense, like really went along with them. But like when he was on the floor with those, I think he was actually like really, really good. So he's a good defender, good passer. He's made leaps as a shooter since he first got drafted. And all around, he's just yeah. a really smart player to add to this core too. So I think it's a perfect yeah. fit, really. Yeah, exactly. He's a great fit because we the one thing we really do lack, um, I mean – Shooting is still a question mark. I think we're going to be fine in that area, but it, it's really the rim pressure that he he puts on other teams. No no one can really stay in front of him. And when you pair him with a big man like, you know, Rob, who can just dunk on anybody's face, catch lobs and stuff like that, it becomes way easier. And just that pressure is going to – they're going to have to collapse, leave Jason and Jalen open – I just think it's a perfect fit, and I'm really glad that he actually chose us because it feels good when these free agents start coming uh, to join the Jays. So I'm pretty excited about that. Fast. And you may have been talking about wanting to play a lot faster this year, too. Mm-hmm. And we find out all the pieces that really get out there and run in transition. I think, was it Jalen and Tatum was both top 10 in transition points last season? I think Jalen might have actually been like third or fourth behind, who was it, Giannis? And yep. De'Aaron Fox, maybe. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as as far as how like efficient they were and like points per possession, you know, like when they actually were in transition, how well they scored, they were up at the top. But we really didn't run in transition as much as we should have. So yeah. that that would be great to see them get uh, get back to. And there was a play in, in the last preseason game 
where they had Romeo. He grabs the defensive rebound and just takes it full court uh, for the layup. And that's the type of stuff I want to see. You know, you don't have to attack against a set defense every time. Just push that ball. Even if it's not a full transition, you can still push it hard like that. So that's the type of stuff I want to see. And we have the guys for it. So might as well. Exactly. Rob, even before he was getting like consistent minutes, the first thing he do every time he grab a defensive rebound is try to hurry up and kick it back out. And that got like <laughs> annoying because a lot of guys just weren't ready. <laughs> yeah. But like I love that the attempt is right there because as soon as he he's like mid air trying to get the ball back out to push up court. <laughs> yeah, I mean he, I love it too. He really had a bunch of turnovers like that, um, but. That's that's not that big a deal. You want to see guys, especially big men, looking to start the break. And especially as good of a passer as he is, he should be very much encouraged to keep keep going for passes like that. Absolutely. Then we got you worried about the um, the devil bid starting lineup that we might we'll probably will see. You know, I've been thinking it's not what I wanted to go with. I yeah. I would have preferred to go a bit smaller and just start with Rob but at the same time I think it works so much better than the bi double bigs we had last year with you know Tyson Tristan those just they didn't make any sense man those, those are terrible lineups you know <laughs> but the spacing that both Rob and Al bring they do it in different ways you know Rob is just the, probably one of the better lob threats in the league and that's spacing in its own right and then Al is they, he's a real threat as a shooter, you know, so it, it, it's not exactly the same. And I think it's fine. Like I said, it's not what really I would be starting probably, but I think it's going to work pretty good either way. So it, it is something that I wanted to see them go, go with throughout the game. But again, probably not what I wanted to start. Yeah. I was hoping one of the uh, wings would kind of like um, make a name for themselves uh, um, during training camp, like maybe one of Romeo Richardson and um, D. Smith jumped out. Mm -hmm. But he may have been singing Horford praises since camp started. So I see like he's a shoe in for the starting spot whenever he gets back from um, quarantine. But I like it because him and Rob, they're both good passers. Mm -hmm. um, Rob is improving as a defender and Horford, you know, he's lost like some mobility. He always puts himself in good positions and always knows how to rotate, use vocal out there. He's a good shooter, rebounding. I'm not really worried about they'll rebound as a team. So I'm not yeah. really worried about the um, Yeah, I mean Al does it all, man. You know him. Yeah. We love Al. <laughs> I say and it's not really it doesn't kill our spacing like last year because neither nah. Thompson or Tice could even shoot like a ten foot jumper consistently. And now, since I was older, I spent he'll spend most of his offensive possessions on the perimeter, unless teams are like playing zone, then they'll probably throw him in the middle, or unless mm -hmm. he wants to slow it down and then throw him in the middle again so he can make a play for himself or somebody else. And then him on the perimeter also allows Tatum to get more post touches this season, which he may mm -hmm. also been emphasizing since he got hired too. Exactly. I mean, bully ball, you know, that he, he, yeah, he's, he's going, I mean, he can go, man. You, you match Tatum up with a smaller guy. There's nothing they can do. So that's, that's the best part. It's going to lead to a lot more fouls, which is, 
what they said was a big focus for Tatum this year. So I'm waiting to see that, but I really expect him to, to feast this year. I wouldn't put it past him for him to be top five in scoring when it's said and done. Well, if teams don't start picking their poison, we'll Tatum a lot better this season. Because last season they could afford to double him and sit in the house at him because he was kicking out passing the semi a lot, passing the grant who couldn't really make the shot, who couldn't well not down jumpers, mm-hmm. who other and a bunch of other friends guys who weren't really ready for more than like ten minutes a game. But now yeah, like so with improved shooters now. Exactly. So you either gotta you know, let Tatum go one on one and get his bucket, or send him to the line. Or if you do mm-hmm. send a house at him, then he's gonna kick you back out to a more capable shooter or finisher at the rim. So it's like, can't lose. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we got lineups. No matter what you do, we got lineups where there's consistent shooters. Or if they, or if they double, we get, we got a lot more cutting now, which is one of the best things I've seen so far from this new offensive system. Is just off-ball movement and cutting. So if they do double Tatum, that offense is going to it's going to be flowing completely. You know, there's going to be guys open at the three. There's going to be guys cutting into the paint. It's just, you're, like you said, you got to pick your poison. And it, it is poison, you know. There's no good choice there. <laughs> there's no good choice. Get Tatum a bucket, get somebody else a bucket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you want to do? <laughs> uh, so, so what do you see the team, like, projecting at the end of the season? You know, that's a tough question, but I, I'm going to say top three feels really likely with everything that's going on with the Nets right now. That seems like the hardest, hardest team to really pin down. As, yeah. But like you'd expect, you expect them still, they got to be up top. I feel like the Bucks are just consistent high win team, even if they're not, even if maybe they take a step back. I've heard some talk, people think that that's possible, but at the same time, you know, Celtics are right there with them as as far as what I think they can do. So, yeah, I'm saying top three. Are you worried about Miami? And <laughs> I'm not scared of Miami. Like, yeah, Miami could be a good regular season team as far as wins and stuff like that. But when it gets down to it, that team doesn't scare me. Lowry's that guy, but at the same time, that they, I don't think they have enough firepower for us anymore, especially with how good I think the Celtics defense is about to be. That team doesn't scare me like that. I do like the Lowry sign, though, but I feel like they would have got Lowry maybe about two years ago. I'd be, like, more worried. Yeah, like exactly. He's, he's no world beater, you know? He, he yeah. He's a great player, but he's he's not championship level anymore. He, I mean, he's still great player don't don't take it don't take this the wrong way but you know he's I see him like keeping them very competitive but I don't think he's the guy that pushes that team over the edge yeah I don't think so either. I think he's gonna help Bam have a career year though if nothing else mm-hmm. yeah Bam yeah. should definitely take a step forward he he's got to be I think last year he was just under 20 points or something like that that's that's got to be closer to like 25 this year definitely definitely a 20 and 10 guy this year Easy mm-hmm. one for him, really. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What do you think about Atlanta? You think they're going to make another leap? Or you think last year they just got, I don't want to say lucky, but you think they just kind of got a good like, good matchup all throughout the playoffs? 
Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But at the same time, that was pretty eye-opening for me, I'd say. Honestly, wasn't much of a Trey fan or really believer. I know what the guy can do, of course. I mean, he's he's a great talent. But at the same time, I didn't think that would translate to postseason success as much as it did. Um, but really, what it also showed me was how how much depth that Atlanta team actually has. They they really do have a lot of guys. It feels similar to the Celtics, where you know they feel you feel like they got a lot of guys that can that can really plug in, plug in and play when they need to. Guys like Herder coming off the bench. I don't I don't know if he'll be starting this year. What their lineup will look like exactly, but John Collins is he he's not he's not incredible, but I think he's a pretty damn good player. Capella really showed me something in that playoff run too. Um, I don't know. I think that's just a solid team, and they were missing a few guys in that run, too. I don't think they had DeAndre Hunter much or at all, so that could be pretty big for them, too. I think Cam Reddish only played, like, three games, maybe that whole playoff run. Yeah, you know I'm a Reddish guy, too, so we'll see yeah. We'll see where that goes, but I'll I see. still got a little, a little faith in him. <laughs> I have some faith in him. It's not that he can't yeah. play. It's like, <laughs> he just doesn't finish plays for some reason. Yeah, he he's still loading, man. <laughs> <laughs> like it's funny because everything looks so fluid and like nice with him. It's just the ball doesn't go in the uh-huh. hoop for him yet. He he's gonna get there though, I think. Yeah, I mean that's been like kind of his story for for years now. Even even back at Duke, everything looked great, but he wasn't putting up the numbers. You know, he wasn't really converting everything, but. Yeah, I think he's in a good spot right now, you know, as far as making him a, like, really solid all-around player. I don't think it's going to be great for, you know, him putting up monster stats or anything, but I think this is a good situation for him, too. Yeah, a lot of people got uh, DeAndre Hunter on a most improved list for um, this coming mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's top three for me. I've kind of been thinking a lot about my – most improved picks, um, you know, but I th- I think he'd be up there. That's yeah, pretty good play. He's a lot better early on than I thought he would be. I thought he'd be kind of like a project in the league. But seeing like his rookie year and from what he did play last year, that he was already like a real impact defender for that team. So, mm-hmm. and he's yeah, knocking he's- down shots at a higher clip than I thought he was this early in his career too. Yeah, he's very solid. That's That was a good pick for them. What you think about the Knicks? You said Knicks? Yeah, the good old Knicks. Are they back? Oh, man. That team, I'm actually excited excited to see what that team can do this year because last year was great for them. That was a good first year under Tibbs. Um, but at the same time, we know what Tibbs is about. He likes to run guys and grind their knees to dust. <laughs> so we'll see how long Kemba lasts. I, I honestly, I have no ill will for Kemba. I hope the best for him, but I'm just interested to really see what him and Fournier do in that, in that system. And there's been a lot of talk about, about how good the Knicks are going to be. And I, I don't say I don't believe in them, but I feel like a little bit of last year, you know, Julius yeah. Randle, is he, is he, is he that guy? Is he really that level? Like moving man. forward, we'll see. The playoffs told us he wasn't, but I mean, uh-huh. hey, guys, know it's bounce back though. I like what I'm seeing from RJ the last couple of years though. 
Yeah, he took like a real big leap last season. Yeah, RJ is a very solid player. I don't. I've I've said that I don't know if he's if he's number one level guy, um, but I guess it depends what you mean. You know, if if they put solid talent around him eventually, I I think that's a, a really good team, but. I don't think he's that type of player that really can lead like a championship team. But I do think if he's if he's your number two with great players around them, then then he can win a championship with that. I I think he's gonna be that that type of guy. Yeah, it's just mainly it's just an IQ for him the whole time, mm-hmm. pretty much. Even mm-hmm. since going back at Duke, like he just tunnel vision a lot, which is that happens for like score first guys. Mm-hmm. So he just needs to continue, like, feeling his way out through games instead of trying to force the action when it's not there. Which last year, I feel like he did a really good job just, like, fitting in and playing good and smart ball. Tibbs had the whole team kind of locked in defensively. Yeah, I mean, he'll get there. I mean, you see, I'm I'm not going to say they're the same player or anything, but I feel like RJ is a hard worker, and we saw – how bad Jalen's tunnel vision was early on, yeah. Jalen Brown, that is. Um, and he's made great strides when it comes to that. So I think that that's something that players can easily, maybe not easily, but can definitely improve on when it comes to just getting the game reps and working on that stuff in the offseason. So I, I think he'll get there as far as, um, you know, getting rid of some of that tunnel vision. Yeah, it's just about doing the work early in possessions, making sure – you know your spots well, know how to move off ball, which is what a lot of guys really don't work on. So they, mm-hmm. because they come up from a house that used to having the ball in their hand. So they get to lead, they think they got to score to be able to make the impact or, or be able to handle the ball to get their own buckets. So in reality, you can just play, um, play defense well, get in transition, catch some lives, knock down mm-hmm. some open jumpers. So... Right? Yeah. Oh, right. So, yeah. And I was saying, Nerlens finally found a team he fit in last year. So, hopefully, he's keeps playing well for them, too. Yeah, man. Shout out to Nerlens. Massachusetts legend. Yeah, man. I've always wanted him to come, come to the Celtics, but I, I think that dream's probably dead, you know? But yeah. I'm, I'm very happy that he's, he's found, um, like you say, a home, you know? This is. It's a good fit for him, so I'm glad he's also kind of resurrected his career and bounced back from, um, you know, the whole Rich Paul and Maverick <laughs> situation, so good for him. Definitely. And our favorite team on the East Coast, about about Philly? Oh, my God. What can you even <laughs> say about Philly at this point? Well, Ben Simmons is back. Is he, man? Like, <laughs> is he back? Yeah, he – he he showed up to the building and his key probably got declined, man. You know, like right. la, la, last I heard, he, he hadn't talked to them since August or something um, was the last time he had a conversation with that front office. So I just I have no clue if he's going to end up playing games. I have a hard time seeing that. But at the same time, nobody's trying to trade for this guy, it feels like. It's just it's a really weird situation that we yes. don't see very often. <laughs> I feel like the trade offers out there, it's just not the trade offer that Maury wants. 
or one he probably would have got like two years ago when everybody thought Ben was still on his way up there. Yeah, man, he he was probably thinking he was getting Harden, and now he might get Malik Beasley if he's lucky, you know? <laughs> exactly, man. It's, it's, it's humbling. <laughs> yeah. He might make out this one just Harrison Barnes and Marvin Bagley or something. <laughs> yeah, he, no, he fumbled this one for sure, but his, they they let Simmons, you know, his trade value get to an, literally an all-time low. It couldn't be worse right now, and Nothing about how the situation went down makes it any better for for really either side to find a deal. So I, I don't know how this ends up, honestly. It's going to be really interesting to see if he's actually playing games for them because I don't see – I don't think Joel really wants that. You know, he, he can't exactly come out and say it, but I don't think he <laughs> wants this man back. I don't think so. And at this point, it's like – I don't think any of them should want to continue this pairing, but to save face a little bit in the public eye and kind of stop the distraction that this whole situation has caused, they have they kind of have to tolerate each other for at least another couple months, maybe. But if yeah, he's not playing I, games, though, then that even blows it up even bigger. So it's such a slippery slope. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is step one for him to be playing games is just showing up. Um, so maybe that that's the direction it's going. He'll play and try and rebound some of that value when teams see him on the court again. Cause I mean, it gets lost in all this somehow, but I really do think that he's still a great player, just hard, hard to justify when it comes to his contract and what we've seen him do in the playoffs. So it's hard finding this deal. I think for, for any team, they, they got to, think are we going to commit all these resources to a guy that we're not we're not really sure he can provide in, in a playoff setting but yeah th- this is probably one of the weirder situations in the league but yet it's still probably not even ahead of the whole Kyrie situation so at worst he's a floor raiser but he'll go to a bad team and mm-hmm. compete for a playoff spot no matter where. Or he'll take the middle of the pack team, maybe add them like a handful more wins. But I don't mm-hmm. think he's pushing any team to like the title, um, title contenders, which which is what Maury is trying to sell everybody on in order to get the value back he wants. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right, but the problem with that is that if Maury's trying to sell guys on that, he, he should just be keeping Ben. <laughs> you exactly. know, if he if he's if he's taking you over the top like that, then maybe just keep him. So exactly, and I think that's what teams are kind of like calling his bluff. So he's like, he's probably like, yeah, these guys great. He'll get you over this hump. And they're like, okay, so keep him. Yeah, instead of trying right. to trade me a half a decade worth of draft picks for, then he just like. <laughs> then he's got yeah, his house more, for sale too. Oh <laughs> Apparently, the house is empty from what they say. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. Where is he living right now? Is he staying at like the Best Western or something? Oh, man. What's he doing? <laughs> oh, man, staying in like the luxury apartment on a short-term <laughs> lease at the moment. <laughs> he, he got a six-month lease. He allowed to stay there until he got it all renewed. <laughs> Uh, but let's get to the star of the afternoon. No Kyrie, of course. Next total, full time or bust. 
Yeah, Ain't no part-time man. positions available in this company, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that that's uh, I'm I'm really glad they did that though. To be honest with you, because uh, it just dawned on me today. You know, would they wouldn't have they wouldn't have wanted to have a look like that where they're giving their star player all this leeway to do that, and you know where the rest of the team's buying in. Say just some random bench player, like you know. I guess he's not random, but like Bruce Brown or something saying, I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm not getting the vaccine. They're not, they're not running through hoops to make him a part-time player, you know? So I think it's good that they took a stand and they're not um, letting Kyrie pull this on them. Yeah, so you let one guy get away with, then you open the floodgates for the rest of the team or even another team to have to go through this whole issue. So, and they nipped it in the bud, get vaxxed, they come play or don't play, I mean. So we'll see how long it holds up. You know, before we got on, is that probably the best scenario, just as far as humor and interest, would be a Kyrie for him and swap. I know that's <laughs> not looking like a possibility, but I just think that would be the funniest thing possible to happen. More, I think Morio or some source from the Sixers came out an hour or two ago and said they're not interested, which that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's more Brooklyn's not interested in that, man. Exactly. They probably did already try. They said, eh-eh. <laughs> <laughs> but now the Nets strong. They're going to still be competitive without them. They got KD and Harden, so that's all you need for a regular season. Yeah, that's all you need. Um, they just they got to stay healthy, though, because one of those dudes goes down, and that's a totally different team. Both of them on the court, that's still a championship team. Either of them down, that's going to be problems, you know, because as good as good as that team is with them, it's really not that great when one of them goes down, you know. There's not a lot of firepower besides them. So that – I don't I don't wish anybody to get hurt or anything, but I, I do yeah. hope they can just stay healthy because um, I, I want to see what that team could do with just – Kyrie and James, if that's what it comes down to, because that's that's some offense right there. But that's a firepower. And Harden is known to hard to lead like a group of YMCA guys, like forty-five wins. So right, of course, him and JD gonna still be at the top of the standings for most of the season. So yeah, it's just those deeper playoff rounds that's going. They they might miss Kyrie, in, but they need a bit shot, need a bucket here there. Need somebody to take some ball, hand the reps away from Harden or KD for a couple of stretches or so. Right. Yeah, but all comes down to health. That that's why I have a hard time fully ranking that team is what we're seeing with Kyrie now. Plus, you don't know how many games you're getting out of you know like a 33 or so year old Harden and KD's up there too. It's like those those guys aren't getting any younger, man. So we'll see what they can do when when it gets down to it, but that, that I mean, you got to expect that team to still be up at the top of the leaderboards, but they have the most odd scenario going on for them right now, so that's very interesting. Yeah, hard coming off the um, hamstring tear for last season, too, so yep. hopefully his body isn't on a decline and he can still go for the full season like he's been known to, so. Yeah, I mean that's my that's my guy right there, Harden. You know, lefties probably probably the best <laughs> player to watch if you're learning how to play basketball as a left-handed player. Um, but 
Yeah, I'm interested to see how he's going to start adapting to these new rules because you saw you saw the video from last night or the other day or whatever where he's trying to draw that foul and they weren't going for it. So I'm I'm yeah I'm curious to see where he goes with that. If he just invents a, if he invents a whole new foul drawn technique too, we'll see. He's creative like that. He might do it. He's very crazy. You don't have to really force guys to like like literally collapse on him in the paint to get fouls now. Mm-hmm. Instead of dar, are they calling the offense foul the arm hook now? Or I, I don't know. They might just no call that. You know. Should that work through that? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I want to see. Yeah. I do want to see all that stuff going, man. It's like it, that's that's not basketball, you know. I I just think it, it's gotten to a point where guys are practicing foul drawing in the off season, and that's just corny to me, you know. Like, yeah. let's play the game. Let's make it about a bucket, not trying to get to the line like that, yeah. you know. See, and it wouldn't be. It would be fine if it's refereed fairly at the, especially mm-hmm. the um the stopping and transition of having a guy run into the back of you and flop into the ground. Oh, that's, just, let, that's just sickening, yeah. They'll let Trey, Chris Paul, Harden, Steph get away with it. Then let one, like, a lower-tier player or a role player try to miss an immediate offense foul. Yeah, they they don't have enough cred for that. They, they can't get away with stuff like that if you're a young, up-and-coming guy. You got to earn those. Exactly. So a lot of these guys don't have to really work for them buckets now, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Now we see a I return mean, of guys getting more shifty with the post moves, especially some of the bigger wings and guards. Mm-hmm. Or hopefully we don't see an increase in like just spamming threes since you know the uh, flopping is gone. I hope that's not the scenario. That might be the most likely one for some players. Though I, mean, I already see is... Harden taking more threes or Trey taking even more threes. Yeah, I mean Trey Trey should cool it on the long threes as it is. So. <laughs> Trey definitely need to get in the middle and get Mitzi with the midi a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's, let's pivot to the Western Conference a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one to predict to so many factors, especially with Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, we could start right there because I'm, you know, I you obviously got Embiid, you got Jokic, you got Giannis going going back for the MVP race, but Paul George. To me, he's a major, major dark horse type of guy because, I mean, the way he ended last season, last playoffs, he was looking great, and he's going to have a lot of room to work this this season uh, with no Kawhi for the foreseeable future. So I really I really think he's a guy that should be we should be on the lookout for um, as far as Western Conference teams. If he's getting, you know, in that top half of the, of the standings, then – that then that's a guy you got to look at as a real MVP candidate because that that team you know they got some guys but that would be a very impressive if he could get them you know top five or so in, in a pretty stacked Western Conference. Definitely. We joke on Paul George a lot, but Paul George really one of them guys when given a chance and given the green light, like he's yeah. taking the back seat to Kawhi and gave mm-hmm. up some touches so the. Like other guys on the team could eat a little bit the last few years, but now that the ball is really in his court this season mm-hmm. to score, defend, pass, then we don't see him return to kind of when he was on that MVP level back in OKC. I think yeah. we get that for a full season again. Yeah, I mean, he, he's really, you know, he's 
top 10 scoring type of guy. He's he's that good, but like you said, he's got to take that backseat to Kawhi. He's got to give up those touches, but now that's a big chunk of touches for him. And while we're on the topic of the Clippers, my guy Terrence Mann, I think that's one of the guys I have uh, yeah, most so, improved yeah. player. I, I, I really have him in the running for that. Um, I think, you know, he had it. He didn't really have a crazy season last year, aside from the kind of explosion he had in the playoffs um, against the Jazz. Just a huge night. What was it, 41 points or something that he put up on yeah. them? Um, but that's a lot of touches coming his way, likely. Um, I'd expect him to probably be in the starting lineup. So, that's a guy I'm looking out for too. Uh, and Reggie really revitalized his career with a. It's probably yeah. walking around a lot more confident than he was yeah. in Detroit. They picked up Bledsoe too. I, we'll see where that goes, but I, yeah. I feel like that's a little under the radar. So we'll see if he's got anything left in him. Uh, and I tried to. I used to like pick on Talu some years back when he was on the Cavs. We used to like, like, that's just LeBron's friend. He hasn't really do it. Yeah, I, I nah, mean, that was really a great joke, coach, Yeah, nobody really thought he was legit, I would say. But he, he proved himself in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. they did some they did some really big things uh, last year. He's an offensive wizard, really. So he don't, he don't find the right mix of guys mm-hmm. here and there. And he don't play guys unless they produce it. So that's right, going right. to put the battery in everybody back to make sure they really on the – P's and Q's every game, so mm-hmm. I say the T-Man, Reggie, I, um, Luke Kennard will probably play a lot more this year. Mm-hmm. So they got some guys who can go out and get some buckets. I say Paul George still an elite defender too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, like I said, if that team's getting, you know, up there in the standings, we got to look out for Paul George MVP talk, but that's just, yeah. that's my that's my early prediction as far as an awards guy, him and Terrence Mann. Those are two guys I'm keeping my eye on. Do we see the Lakers fit working? Yeah, I, I think you just got to say that it probably works out when you have guys like LeBron and AD. It's really not that hard to play off with two stars like that. Um, they're very easy to work with. And I think you you have a lot of opportunity to kind of stagger those minutes and, and rest the stars, you know, playing LeBron. Uh, playing Westbrook and AD together seems like a combination that could be really good. You think back to Westbrook and Steven Adams, how a combination like that, you know, really worked well together in OKC. And I mean, AD's a colossal amount better than Steven Adams. So I just think that that's a pairing that I would think would work pretty well. And they have a weird mix of veterans on that team, but a lot of guys that have been around and you know, aren't aren't looking for all those touches, but they just want to fit in. And you know, they're ring chasing, man. I'm not gonna put it lightly. Malik yeah. Monk did some did some uh, interesting stuff this season. Malik man. Monk I, is I a really nasty man. Him. Yeah, he, that's he's sick for that. You know, I mean, I really like the guy. He's he's yeah, a great want, great talent. I wanted him on the Celtics. <laughs> of just course, like, man. I up, mean, take your minimum deals, play with the Lakers. They're like. What, 24? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> it, it's nasty stuff. If he doesn't get a ring out of this one, he might he might regret that a bit, you know? <laughs> like, he missed out on some good money for that. So, he he, be, he better hope his lucky stars that that team works out. But if he does get the ring that he does, you know, have a good season, then he might 
after I would go re-up on the bed this coming, um, in that summer, so you never know. Yeah, I mean, I, ex- I expect him to to find a good role on that team. So, in the end of the day, it might not be uh, – it, it, it'll probably work out for him. Um, I mean, he's going to get a lot of opportunity. They, they got Melo coming off the bench, too, probably. So, they – they they have some weird players together, but it's a lot of guys that have been around, like I said, and I, I expect them to be fine. As as awkward as it is, like the combination of players they got, I think they'll be fine. LeBron and AD, they're just too good for all that, you know. They'll, they'll get them right. I think this year LeBron finally actually does take like a step back for his role for at least the first half of the regular season. So you got Russ, yeah. you know, Russ Motor just keeps chugging along, mm-hmm. then AD should, well, AD's like the, not the youngest player because that's Mark, but he's the youngest core, like, star player or at all-star, all-star guy on the team. Mm-hmm. So they should yeah, really be I mean, trying to get the most out of him finally at this point. Like, last time that he had a full healthy season, he led him in everything but assists, so we probably see that again this year. Yeah, that's that's kind of a scary thought if they can really get away with resting him for a while because once playoffs come, we know what that guy's about. Um, you know, he's going to kick it into gear. So if he's really getting rested for a good portion of the year, that could be that could be trouble, and that's probably where things start to get scary in the playoffs. So I, I, I don't think I'd want to play that team with a rested LeBron. My only concern is the Bids and DJ and Dwight. Tower, Hopefully, yeah. one of them, that, yeah, both of them can't get consistent minutes. They no. come, it's just not a good idea. <laughs> no, I mean, when when the Nets, another house team, kicks DJ the curb, you got to think there's a reason for that. You know, he yeah. he's he's not he's not that guy anymore. He's barely even catching lobs, man. You know, like that's not DJ anymore. So. I struggle to see what type of value he's actually providing for that team. Um, yeah, that that's an interesting, interesting set of big men behind AD, and hopefully AD actually sticks to his word and he's going to play some more five this year. But we'll see how that one goes. That's probably their their most interesting and weird position that they got this year is the five spot. That's that's the one. that five spot is the key to that entire season right there too. Mm-hmm. Especially AD can kind of find the bubble jumper again. <laughs> right, that, that that looked like a little fluke right there, man. Those numbers, <laughs> those numbers are something else when you look back at them. Those numbers are crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna see that again. But uh, another team out west, think Denver or Phoenix can make that leap this season. If ever, well, Phoenix, they just kept coming off finals run, and Denver they getting Murray back, so. They should they should be right in thick of things, especially if MPJ makes another leap. Like he's yeah, paid to. When do they get uh Murray back? Is is there a report for that? Nah. When when did he get hurt? Man, I I don't know. That that was a long time ago. I feel like yeah. he's gotta be He should be probably be back post all star breaker around that time, I would think. Yeah, I mean if if he's getting back in this regular season, you got to think that team is at the top of the West. Um, I, I really, I really am a fan of Jokic, and as much as I don't like Michael Porter the person, 
<laughs> he, he gets buckets, you know. He he's, gets a, buckets. he's a sniper. Like that guy can shoot the lights out for a dude that's like six ten, six eleven. So he's he's pretty he's pretty special. Um, I, I actually think a full season with Aaron Gordon um, will be pretty good for them because he he wasn't outstanding when he got to that team or anything, but he definitely was a difference maker and he can do things that not a lot of players on that team can do as far as, far as you know, defending across different positions. So I think that team is, you got to look out for them. Um, we know what Jokic can do. He's going to, he's going to keep them afloat no matter what, but if they do get Murray back, that team, that's a real threat in the playoffs. And, you know, as far as Phoenix, that team I'm, I'm interested to see how the Aiden situation plays out because they're kind of holding holding out on the bag for him, which is crazy to me after what we just saw him do. Exactly. He was the most consistent player in the whole playoffs, I think. Like I said, every time you see Aiden, he's doing something a seven-footer should be doing. Yeah, he's and I really down appreciate 20, that. <laughs> he's pulling down 20 boards, man. Like, this guy was, exactly. he was, he was playing out of his mind, but – yeah, that blows my mind that they're not really respecting him like that. So yeah. I, I don't I don't think that'll go too far in the wrong way, but if that if that gets a little out of control, that team kind of changes drastically. But at the same time, I do think it'll get figured out and they have a real good chance of, you know, get getting back to the top of the West um with, you know, some slight improvement from guys like McHale. I think I think they'll be right there again. Yeah, I can see it. Let's see. You said you said um yeah, Mikel has to make um has kind of improve his offensive game. He can kind of go missing like during the finals. He went missing for really long stretches. Um, mm-hmm. Cam Johnson is a guy to look at for that team in terms of what they can do going forward. Yep. I think he projected better than a lot of people thought he would. He see was a real key player, good defense. Finish a lot of plays, timely, mm-hmm. really timely shooter. Mm-hmm. You got the yeah. boss man, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay. Shout out Jay, man. Shout out Jay Carter. Jay is always a steady hand, even if it doesn't seem like he's being one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets passed around a lot lately, but every team he's gone to, they've been better for it, so. Yeah. They're on, their front court is just a little questionable after Aiden. Especially with Sarvik out for probably most of the they, season. They bring back uh, Kaminsky. Do they still have him? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it, to be honest with you, he was better than I thought during stretches in the playoffs. But that's not really a guy you can rely on. So I think you're right that that is pretty shaky for them. Exactly, um, which is why they should really be pressing to pay Aiden since he's your only big guy. Or yeah, that should be, that should be no question right there. They need to get yeah. that one inked real quick. That's a blank check right there, you let me tell <laughs> Right, yeah. No, they're they're playing with him really for no reason. And I can understand why he'd feel disrespected like that, seeing what other guys in his draft class are getting paid and stuff like that. So, yeah, I understand where his frustration would come from. Definitely. Once we got out west, we got the Warriors. I think they made some real, like, subtle improvements. I think Otto Porter's going to be a real good player. That Jordan Poole kid is looking great in preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has. 
I like I like their rookies like Kaminga and Moody a lot. Mm-hmm. I think they should be, if given the minutes, I think they'll be better than Wiseman was last season. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Otto Porter, first of all, that was a guy I really liked as kind of an under-the-radar pickup for the Celtics. That obviously didn't happen, but I think he's he might have a little bit of a, a redemption arc here where he kind of faded, faded off, fell off the map after being a really solid player. I feel like he has a chance to be, you know, the Clippers, um, Nick Batum kind of resurgence guy. So he could be that guy for the Warriors, and that would be important for them. Um, obviously, they're going to get Clay back at some point, which will be huge. Um, but, right, like Moody, Kaminga, those guys, I, I think they're ready for some type of role. Kaminga, he's been getting a lot of Jalen comparisons, at least early Jalen. And I see it a little bit, but I also see it in the kind of role that they're going to give him right away where it's, you know, he's going to get shaky minutes, but he's going to show probably good flashes. But Moody seems like the guy who's going to come in and he could really earn himself a role. Definitely. Like all those guys, like you said, Clay coming back, he's projected to be back in December yeah, or January, right. something like that. You yeah. think he's kind of, I think he'll have like a small adjustment period. We kind of has to get his legs back underneath him. Yeah, but I mean the jump shot for, always gonna be there though. If nothing else, right? Fortunately, he's he's got he'll have time and he'll have you know plenty of space to to get back to get his feet back under him and get that shot right. So I don't think that's really that big of a worry. I mean, he's probably the most mechanically sound shooter that's ever lived. So. If there's anyone who can really find that shot instantly, that it would be him. But yeah, I mean, he's got guys to take pressure off him. I I forgot, but you mentioned Poole earlier. There's there's a real chance that Poole can fill that role, um, at least until Clay gets back. And I think he looks like a guy that could be ready to take over when it's time. Absolutely. Then they brought Iggy back. I don't think he's a high minute guy anymore. No. But I think he's still a guy who may can come in and give you five minutes of good defense and smart play, if nothing else. Draymond is still Draymond. He's going to come in, lock up defensively, get everybody on the same page. Um, yeah. Wiggins, Wiggins was really good for them last year. Yeah, I mean, Wiggins surprised a lot of people, I would say. I always was under the impression that he could he could still help out a team he just kind of needed to be in the right space and it didn't feel like the Timberwolves were ever really in the right situation for that for him. Um, but he's got the talent, you know, and playing, playing next to guys that can really take a lot of pressure off him, like Steph and Dre and hopefully Clay eventually that I think that's done wonders for him. So yeah, I'm, I'm no, impressed with what he did with what he did last no. year. Now that he doesn't have to try to be a lead for anybody now, mm-hmm. which was which was um his position, he was always thrust into a Minnesota. They wanted him to take the leap, and him and Chat be the duo who lead him here and there. But some some guys just not that's just not them, and that wasn't him clearly. So yeah, that's that's, that's okay. I mean, not everybody is that number one type of guy. Unfortunately for him, he he did you know he got all the comparisons possible coming coming into the league. So. 
that's not his fault, but at the same time, that's what he's got to deal with. But I like that he's he's kind of found a smaller role for himself, and it's a good spot. So I'm also glad that he got vaccinated and stopped playing with that too. <laughs> exactly. Then they can have him for the full season. And as usual, Steph is Steph. Yep. Steph just had his one of his best seasons ever. So he's not slowing down anytime. So and he just got paid to keep going. So yeah, he somehow keeps getting better. I don't really understand it. Uh, take the ball, put the ball in his hands, take it out of his hands. A bucket is a bucket. And he don't go get him, so Yeah, I mean that game with, with him versus the Celtics with him and, you know, Tatum just going back and forth is probably one of that the one of the best matchups I've I've seen in a while. That was amazing. That was a fun one. Yeah. And now that he got more complimentary help this season, and hopefully as long as they all stay healthy and avoid the COVID, um, health and safety protocols, and they're going to be fine. That's what kind of yeah. knocked them out that little playoff spot last year because mm-hmm. they was on pace to shoot up. I didn't think Steph got COVID and had to miss like two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And during the key run, so that kind of you know, held them back. But they're going to be right to think of it this year. Yeah, I mean, that – that team's probably going to fall right around where I'm thinking the Clippers can get to this year. It's just how how much, um, you know, how, how much Steph can really carry them for a while until he gets Clay back. But, yeah, I would say that that's probably a middle-of-the-pack middle, middle of the pack team in the West. So that's where I'd put them for now. I'm not sure how the rest of the conference goes. I could see Portland, Dallas. I could see them being around the same teams they were last season. Mm-hmm. I don't think I especially don't think Dallas did much of anything to really make Luca's life easier. No, they they probably made it even worse by bringing in <laughs> Jay Kidd to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not a believer in what he can do as a coach. I guess I guess we'll see what he does with a player like Luca. Um but I thought that whole situation of Carlisle leaving and Kid coming in was just really odd. Um, but th- yeah, I, they they really didn't do anything as far as you know off season additions. There's there's nothing special there. They lost Jay Rich, who they didn't really know how to use in the first place. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see much new for that team. So it's just how much can Luca carry them? Um, and tra- Trailblazers, that's another team with questionable coaching pick. Um, not the direction not the direction I would have taken but uh, I think I I mean I can't really predict that team to get any better man you know the Larry Nance pickup was good for them but that's just you know that's just a low low seed in the Western Conference again they're nothing special exactly so middle of pat team same as last season Mm -hmm. I'm waiting on the Pelicans to show me something that says they're gonna make the leap into a playoff team. I thought they could have been the last season, but they blew, like, 12 double-digit leads. Yeah, that, that team's a little weird, man. I kind of I kind of like their offseason, I'll say. I mean, that they're trying, it seems, to, like, take the team in a direction that makes more sense around Zion. So that, that's all they got to do. It's not that hard, man. You, you'd you think it wouldn't be that hard to build around a guy like that, but they've struggled so far, and exactly. hopefully hopefully they put something around him because I want to see that guy in the playoffs. You need you got two all-star caliber players, him and Ingram. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's like it's just maturity, I guess, for them. They just need to finish games. Mm-hmm. Their best players, Zion and Ingram again, need to lock in defensively. Mm-hmm. So I think they were both really passive and lazy on that end last season, especially in a lot of those games they've blown. Like, what was that game versus the Pacers, where they all just let Brogdon walk in the paint for that um, layup to send the OT? Yeah, I mean, Zion, for as freakish as he is as an athlete, he really needs to put to put in more effort on that defensive end to really solidify himself. Because, I mean, you, you know a guy like that, he's cap- what he's capable of. Um, but like you said, him, Ingram, they just need to lock in. And with age, I think if they if they stay together for a while, that's a really solid duo. Um, but it's it's just about them figuring out how to put the right guys around them. They just need more shooting. They need more, you know, complementary pieces. So that team. Who's their coach? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I remember they have, fired Stan. I have no yeah. idea who they replaced on it. <laughs> I have no idea who, who the Pelicans coach is. I don't know if it was like an internal promotion for now or something. <laughs> I never saw who they hired, and that's a little weird. Oh, man. Look, anybody listening to this, add us on the TL. Tell us who the coach is. <laughs> yeah. one of us has it, an idea. Does, does anyone know out there without Googling? <laughs> does anyone know? <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> oh, man, I'm really looking at – this is not a playoff team. I'm looking at what Sam Presti is going to do the last couple of years. She got to put faces to those draft picks. No, nah, man, he's got a real addiction, to be honest with you. I'm a little, wor- <laughs> I'm a little worried about him. Um, you know, he is – when it comes to draft picks, he can't really resist himself. But, yeah, yeah. no, nah, you're, you're totally right. He needs to put faces to it. I, I couldn't believe, man. I know you're a you're a fan of uh of Shy, but I, I could not believe that he was in like trade talks and stuff this summer. That was blowing my mind, man. Like I can't believe that. Like it's actually you that's the biggest sure thing on the roster. Mm-hmm. And the closest thing you have to a long term building block. And you have all these pieces, you're about to have some free tap space, so nobody's on your books. So it's like, what are you trying to go backwards for. It's like, right. you have this guy, see you throw them out there that season. If they win some extra games, then you spread them too, then just go from there. Yeah, I mean, that. obviously we know that team's not going to be any good this season, but to think that they, they're getting rid of their by far best player and literally all-star level talent was a good idea that those rumors never made sense to me, but they felt they felt real, you know, like it really seemed like that was something they were entertaining was trying to get a high draft pick for him. But I I think he's in for a great season. Another guy I like on that team, um, Darius Baisley, another mass product. Um, <laughs> he, he had a really like weird season when you really look at it, but he took a step up from the season before his, um, he looks like a guy that if he refines his game a bit, he he's gonna get the touches this year. He looks like he could, he could be you know eighteen and eighteen a night type of guy at least. So I'm looking for him to take a step up. They they got a few guys that could really pop, you know, if they develop right. So I I don't know how I feel about about Poku, but he he's the type <laughs> of guy that 
that you watch and uh, it's cool that OKC took a shot on a guy like that, but I think that's what their plan is for now. Just grab as many kind of unknown guys as they can and see who, who really can take a leap to, you know, being a legit starter for them. So that that's a weird team, but I think they'll be hopefully better to watch than last season because that was kind of pathetic, to be real yeah, with that you. Was, yeah, that was pitiful. And maybe if uh, this Bronco star, who's probably not Ben Simmons, ever becomes available, well, they have a decade worth of draft picks. So might, they yeah. might just throw something at the wall and just say, hey, let's try and see where yeah. that goes. I don't know if, if Philly wants anything from them, but, man, I think that would have been a decent spot for Simmons to go, you know? Just, yeah. Just take take some of the pressure off him. He he could get him and Sh- uh, Shea could get that team live e- easily in playoff contention. They'd be right around that spot. I mean, that that would be a good place to start. But again, I don't know if if Philly is really looking for anything. But uh, Philly would want uh, Philly would want Shea back in the deal for Ben. They would. They, they would. And <laughs> if I was Presty, I'd laugh him off the phone. All right, bro, get out of my face. <laughs> And let's see, last Western Conference teams. I do know. Not, we're never sold on the Jazz, of course. Shout out Donovan Mitchell, though. That's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's coming to Boston in the next few years. Don't worry, don't worry about yes. that. Yes, sir. Let's see. And my guy, John Moran, you think the Grizz going to hold on to that playoff spot for another season? Or are they, back, are they right back in the play-in? I think that depends on what they get from Jaron this year. You know, he was a he was a non-factor when he got back um, last season at the end of the year. But I think that was understandable because he missed a big portion of the year. So if they get him back to what he's kind of been, you know, projected to be, I think that that team's right there. Um, probably middle of the pack team as well. Nothing special, but I think they have a chance to solidify themselves this year, and Jaw is definitely that guy. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's get to some little way too early award predictions. Give me your mm-hmm. get your rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I mean, you know, I I want to say Cade, but at the same time, I think Jalen Green's gonna get a lot of run this year, a lot of chance to shine. So for me, it's between those guys. Um, Evan Mobley, he right there too, I think. I, Mobley's right there. I I just worry if he's putting up those offensive numbers right away to keep him in there. I feel like rookie year, he's probably closer to you know like thirteen or fifteen a game. Um, I don't think he's gonna pop like that for a few years. Once he gets stronger, he's gonna be a problem. Um, but I don't know if he can just hold his weight. Uh, defensively to keep him in the race. I, I, he's going to be a problem defensively right off the bat, but I don't know if that's going to keep him in, in the rookie of the year race like that. Um, but I, yeah, I, I see Jalen Green getting a lot of shots. And at the same time, though, Cade's going to be pretty much running that offense in Detroit and he's going to have free reign once he gets healthy. Absolutely. Detroit got some solid players for him to start with, too. They, they do, man. They got a underrated roster as far as kind of the young guys they got on there. We'll see if Killian Hayes is able to put anything together um, this season because I, I have I have some faith in him. I think he can be a solid player. And then 
you got Isaiah Stewart, who was really one of the bigger surprises last year as far as rookies, I feel like. Um, and uh, got Sadiq. Yeah, Sad- man, Sadiq's a baller, you know. <laughs> we, also, we also already did to the Celtics, so we don't need to rehash that. But, yeah, he, he's good, man. That, that's yeah. a, a Along with uh, Grant, too, that's a pretty good yeah. lineup right there. Grant is like a uh, sort of veteran, I guess, at this point, you could say it. Mm-hmm. He's a 20-point-per-game guy as well last season. He's going to make Tay life a lot easier. Doesn't get more reliable yeah. guy he can just dish to and get a eat bucket real quick. Yeah, that team will actually be I'm I'm kinda excited to watch them now that now that we talk about it. Definitely. All right. You talked about your most improved uh, pits earlier. Let me get like a few guys got that hunt. All right, so top three for me, I'm going Miles Bridges, I'm going Terrence Mann, and I'm going Baisley. I think that's I talked about those two guys earlier. I think for Terrence Mann, you got a lot of touches available for him. So if he if he can really take those, like you said, Lou's not just gonna let anybody play. So he's got to earn it. But I think he's got a chance to really pop. Um, Baisley, another guy with opportunity to, to get a lot of touches, and it's like easy. It's easy to see where he could kind of increase his stats. Um, just all over the board, pretty much. And Bridges is a guy that I've really liked since he came out of Michigan, basically. That was one of my favorite teams to watch as far as college teams in the past few years. Um, But I think he's ready to really get to that next level. Um, That that Charlotte team, we didn't talk about them, really, but that team's going to be tough. Yeah. See, Terry finally playing how we wanted him to play um, some years back, but I get him. He was trying to find himself in the league, and mm-hmm. him and Melo really good off each other. If Hayward can stay healthy, of course. I think you named Bridges, but I think Melo makes both Bridges and PJ job a lot mm-hmm. easier this season once he has full reign over the offense. Yeah, I mean that that team's got a lot, a lot to be excited about. I think you know. You, you say if Hayward can stay healthy, that's that's the big if for that team. But even if he doesn't, that's a big chance for guys like Bridges to really break out. Definitely. I'm looking forward to that. Let's see. Let me get you. Got any defensive player of the year, guys, you're looking at? Besides the obvious, Giannis, yeah, AD. Yeah, that's pretty consistent, I feel. Um I, I would say, I I want to say someone from the Celtics w- could pop out there just if our defense is as good as I think it is. But it's kind of hard to narrow down which name the voters would go for for that. Uh, I, I feel like Tatum. I feel like Tatum hasn't got. I I could see him up there too, man. But yeah. you know, you got you got Rob, you got Tatum, you got Smart, all guys that could realistically kind of get like. All, all defensive team, you know, hype, but I don't know if any of them would be really good enough to um, get in that conversation. So I just feel like you can't really get away from the obvious picks. Like Gobert, you know, he's going to be in that conversation. AD, obviously going to be in that talk again. So, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. But I don't really have any guys that I'm expecting to kind of come out of nowhere you know, maybe if Jonathan Isaac finally plays, he'll get himself in that discussion, but we'll see. I just see Bam getting up in there this year, too. 
That's true. Bam, Bam, yeah, he definitely deserves more hype uh, for that award. Yeah, if um if Simmons doesn't play a game, but Philly is still like top four in the East, mm-hmm. I can see Embiid um throwing his name in there. Mm-hmm. I think Embiid has become kind of a underrated defender. I say because so much hype was on Ben and Tybal like last year. Yeah. In the past, like couple of years, that we kind of forgot that Embiid is one of, like the best defensive bids in the league. Yeah, I mean, the reason those guys can really do what they do defensively is because Embiid's holding everything down on the back line. So, yeah, he doesn't get enough respect for the type of defender he is. He's he's amazing. Definitely. We know what Giannis is doing um, down in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert is sitting at home with Giannis, um, defensive player of the year trophy in his closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I I think there needs to be some type of rework for this award because when you reward players for what they do in the regular season when they just completely fall apart on that end in the playoffs, it just doesn't feel right to me. But exactly. I guess that's especially a conversation. When you, especially when they withhold MVP from guys that they don't make you mm-hmm. further in the playoffs than they have to. So it's like, how are you still giving this one out to the second round exit guy? But the two-time MVP just kind of blackballed out the whole discussion. I mean, he's still the same players from the year before. Yep. Yeah, uh, I hear you. I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense. Um, lead the league in scoring. I just see Tatum getting up there this year. Yeah, I mean, I – He's got every chance, especially if he ups those free throws like like you'd expect. If he's getting close to 10 a game on free throws, that's going to get him close to 30 a game. And, you know, that's that's basically where Beal and Curry were at last year. So those guys, you obviously got Beal and Curry. You got to expect them to be up there again. Um, I mean, Beal seems to insist that he's staying in Washington. So I don't put it past him that that he has a big type of year, especially with Westbrook out of the mix. So, yeah, I mean, that would probably be my pick, to be honest with you. He's just going to take unlimited shots. He's not deferring to Kyle Kuzma, man. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could see KD or Harden getting up in there if Kyrie isn't going to play it all. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and last but not least, early MVP. Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, that's probably the same mix of guys where you got Jokic, you got Embiid, you got um, Giannis in there. But Dark Horse, again, Paul George for me, Tatum as well. Just it really depends how these standings shake out. But if if Paul George gets, you know, top four, top three standing somehow, that's really MVP kind of caliber right there. Uh, same for Tatum. If, if, but I think Tatum would really have to be, you know, top two in the East to get that type of talk. But I, I don't put it past him, you know. I think we're in for a big season. I just see the voters finally having, like, a legitimate taste of the Luka if, the, if he manages to get the Mavs in the top four in the West. Right, yeah. I mean, it's all, like, it's obviously early predictions right now, but it's it's just whoever of these guys is able to really kind of cement themselves in that top top tier of each conference is going to have, you know, the votes given to them. So, yeah, if Luca can manage to get 
top four in the West, then that's a guy that would obviously start getting the votes. Same with Tatum. Um, I would like to see young players like that really uh, get in the mix. That'd be awesome. Definitely. I just see maybe Trey trying to weasel his way into like a slight <laughs> consideration if the Hawks can like stay on like the pace they were looking like they're going to be on from last season. Like not top five, they might just see as some like he just a hot streak, and they'd be like, "Why isn't he MVP?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he's a, he's a guy that could get that type of talk. You're right. Yeah, he won't win, of course, but like just no good month of basketball. Hey, Trey is yeah. Yeah, you Most know why is, why is no why is nobody talking about Trey yeah. Young as MVP? Yeah, you'll see that a lot. Yeah, you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I appreciate you coming on, but in every episode, I do a top five segment where I ask you a handful of questions specifically for you. Okay. You ready? Yeah, let's get after it. Right, let's get it as usual. The generic basketball question. Let me show five favorite players. Five favorite players. I don't know if I can order them off the top of my head, but yeah. we got we got Jalen, we got Tatum, of course. Can't leave those two out. Harden's in there for me. To be honest with you, this might be a crazy pick already, but I'm going Anthony Edwards in the mix right there. Ant-Man. I think that's probably, <laughs> yeah. I think Ant's probably a mix of coolest and best players in the league already. Um, so he's up there for me. And man, I don't want to leave Marcus Smart out of there. I don't know if I can do that to him. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I can do that to him, man. But I, I would say Shy is probably in that top tier as well for me. He. He's one of one of my favorite guys to watch. He's just so crafty with it. So I mean, you know, him and Marcus would probably be fighting for that last spot. <laughs> I feel you. All right, that's what we've all been in the house a lot the last year. Me five shows. Your five favorite shows. Doesn't have to be recently, shows. but just in general. That's a good question. Um, number one show I got into over this past year it was Peaky Blinders. That's that's one of the better shows I've watched, man. I would recommend that to anyone who's looking for a new show to watch. Um, that one's just really good throughout the whole show. New season coming out sometime soon. Um, another show I watched, you know, I'll preface this by saying extremely corny. You got to get around some of the corniness, but All-American. Um, that... that, 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 that there's there's a there's just an enjoyment factor that I that I like if I'm just chilling that show I don't know sometimes it fulfills what I'm looking for but very corny a lot of it just like the CW shows are you know like the Flash like very yeah. corny type show but I don't know there's some there's some good stuff going on there that one's good um, man I you know I I started Attack on Titan I I tried to get deep into that you know I. I enjoy to to be real with you. I'm not the biggest anime guy, you know. Like I try. Um, there's some some stuff that I can enjoy out there, and my roommates were watching that one too. So you know that show, I I did like it as far as animes go. That one was pretty good for me. Um, you know, I'm blanking on what else I've watched recently, but we got we got the classics. You know, Breaking Bad. That's top tier for me. Um, 
I've I've gone back recently, rewatched Friday Night Lights. That's another great show to me. So that would probably round up my top five for now. <laughs> nice, nice. What about Snowfall? That's not your top five. Oh man, see, you reminded <laughs> me of that one. That's what I mean. I'm blanking up on the spot, but Snowfall. I can't wait till that gets back because that is probably one of my favorite recent shows. That it, that show is just so well done. I can't yeah. say enough about that. Great show, great show. I think I watched it like I think we talked. I watched it like right after you had finished watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was yeah, like, like late last year when I started. Yeah, I mean Franklin, man, what what a character that is. I mean a, that that <laughs> that show is special, man. What a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. All uh, right, and last one. What's on me? What's on your playlist? I'm just your five favorite artists. Five favorite artists on the playlist. You know, top of my head, I'm a big Lil Baby guy. I like Lil Dirk a lot too. Um, you know, they got the collab album that just uh, came out. Lil Baby a little don't bit miss ago. you. Nah, he's he's never missed, man. To be real <laughs> with you, it's never never heard a bad song by him. Um, obviously Gunna's in that category um, you know Meek with that new album I've, I've really been enjoying him recently uh, honestly this might be a, kind of a, a low-key pick too but Roddy Rich really kind of he's up there for me him Young Thug definitely um, in that last spot too definitely, definitely. I'm going to give you one more I just thought right now Right. So we didn't really touch on it. Let me get five topics you want to write about for this incoming season. Five topics. You know, I mean, I'm I'm working on one right now. Um, I kind of mentioned that. That's about, you know, Boston and Massachusetts Hoopers. I'm trying to get that out before the start of the season. So I'm making good progress on that. That should be out before the first game of the season. So next, within the next few days, I'm hoping to wrap that one up. Um, I would, if I can, if I can really bring myself to do it, go back and watch some of last year's clips and stuff like that and try and draw comparisons between uh, Ime and Brad. I think that would be interesting to watch. Um, I, I do want to do some, you know, like within the season kind of, just looking at what players are are really doing not not any player specifically but if someone's you know standing out um like say Langford's really having a breakout year or something I'd I'd like to take a look and break down what exactly he's doing well and how he's um you know gained some traction from last year um other things maybe just continue to stretch out um, into other teams. I don't obviously want to be completely Celtics focused yeah. for, you know, the, the, the rest of my writing career, wherever I take it, it would be important to uh, branch out to other teams. Um, and I think I need one more. It's tough. I, you know, I, I don't know which direction I want to take it with, but uh, <laughs> I, I think maybe, you know, off the spot, I would say, like post game kind of just, you know, wrap ups of, of what went down in each game and kind of break down some of the moments of those games. That would be, that'd be kind of fun to do. Definitely, definitely. Looking forward to it, man. Everyone you got so far is like really well done. 
I'll say yeah, I enjoy like, reading them all, especially the one on footwork. That was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that took me way too long, I'll tell you that. But there, it was just life going on. It was just a lot going on. So I probably started that one a month before it came out. And I, I want to do better than that. That's probably a goal I have is to just kind of give myself more, you know, not limits on time, but just to make sure that I'm on top of stuff and just not let that really happen again. But that one was very fun to write and do research for because that's something that I pride myself on in my own game is, you know, having the footwork down. So that, that was definitely cool to write. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. Need yeah. all that. But Alex, I appreciate you coming on me, brother. Thank you, man. Let's let's do it again sometime. Oh, definitely, definitely. We got a long season ahead. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we got a good season ahead too. Yeah, sir. Fifty wins, Eastern Conference Finals trip. Yeah, you're, aim, you're aiming a little too low for me right there. South is in six all the way, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. Y'all ready though? Bye, bro. Appreciate you. All right, man.